Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka Hey everybody, it's On A Mother Level. I'm Denise and I'm back with episode 23. And we are now in the midst of December. My Christmas tree is up. Not done, but up. And I'm excited to have Allie Billhorn here with me today, a food blogger in the Quad Cities. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, This is uh, a crazy month, I assume, for you. Yes, I mean, like anyone, it's just beyond <laughs> nuts, but I'm happy to be here to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for being here. We, um, we start the same way every time on this podcast is we go over our wins and our losses from the week. So our on a mother level moment is the, um, is the way that you crushed it this week. Do you have a good example of, I have a crusher. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was from a few weeks ago, but I was thinking, when I was in the shower this morning, I was like, what have I crushed? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I, I have three kids, 10, 8, and 5. And so they are all in school full-time this year, mm-hmm. which has been a big transition and a big change. Huge. Um, but we had our first school conferences about a month ago. And you go into that and you're like, okay, I hope I've done everything right. I hope they get along with their friends. You don't really, I mean, you meet the teacher the first couple days of school and then you don't really hear anything until that first conference. Yeah. So you go in there kind of nervous. And um, I went in and we had him back to back, you know, three in a row. And the first one, he's great. He's a great leader. You know, the second one. She can be chatty, but she's a great leader. <laughs> yeah. And then my little kindergartner, she's just a quiet leader. I'm so happy. And you think, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. Because at home, they can be animals. You know, sure. They're just nuts. You know, we're breaking up fights every night. And just it's just a mess when you have three <laughs> that close. And so you think, oh, please, Lord, you know, when they're in public, I hope they behave. I hope they're kind, you know. I don't care if they get a B on a test, but I just want them to be good. You know, I'm not like a stickler about grades. I just want you to be nice to everyone. And so when we got out of those, um, my husband and I just kind of exhaled and we're like, okay, they're crazy at home, but they're fine at school. So I think we did something right. So that is a major crushed it moment because you definitely don't want to have the kid that the teacher dreads come to school that day. Oh. I know because sometimes our kids come home and talk about those kids. And I was like, just, just don't do what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Just be good. You just blend in. You just fly under the radar. Yes. Yes. So my 
mother level moment is like yours, except that it was, let's say, three years earlier. Sure. No. Yeah, I guess it would be, let's say, three years. So (laughs) does it ever amaze you how many different ways there are for your teachers and daycare providers to take your kid's hand and footprint and turn it into different stuff. Every piece of artwork. Every yes. piece of artwork. Yes. The other day, Abram came home with his hand as a Mayflower. Oh, I was going to say a turkey. But they well, did yeah, a Mayflower. <laughs> a Mayflower. So it was like 1620, it's the Mayflower in yes. his little hand and the, the boat. I guess maybe the hand was the sail. The sail, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it never ceases to amaze me. And so I remarked to one of the daycare gals, you know, I'm so impressed by this. And she said, well, you know, your Everett is probably one of our best toe printers in class. He really understands how to, to spread those toes out <laughs> and get the paint all on the paper. And you're like, wow, what a proud moment this is for me to yeah. know that he excels at the toe printing. He has a great skill. And yeah. in my mind, I think if I was a teacher, the last activity I'd want to do is put paint on every extremity of these kids. Exactly. Like, the patience they must have. So I love I'm, when they come home with just slightly colored toenails. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to get a footprint here soon. <laughs> I know what you've been doing at school. Gosh, I think it's so cute. Um, I feel like my other mother level moment from this week is I did something that I never thought I would do as a mom. And I bought the family jammies. I've never done that. You haven't done no, that. Well, I haven't. It seemed to me like the stupidest thing ever and something you might only do for a photo opportunity. But I decided to pick these up because my three-year-old is really big into the, like, we match. We match, Mom. Sure. Like, I can match you. Mm-hmm. So now we actually do match in our family jammies. And they're a little bit pricey, you know. So I thought, oh, gosh, I'm not going to get some for my husband because he's going to be horrified. Hey, and will he wear them anyway? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's okay. We can just do it with Mama. And then so when I brought them out, he was like, well... Don't you think Abram would really like it if I had some? I was like, oh, would Abram like it if <laughs> if you had some? He's or like, I mean, you. just just pick up a pair, you know, just grab some for me. I mean, if it would make him happy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Turner. So we got to get Turner the XL family jammy. He wants to match. And you know what? I'm here for it. That's funny. One rule only. He said there will be no photos. Oh, see, that's hard because you're going to want to snap a photo. Well, for there sure. has to be a photo. Yeah. I mean, he's not an idiot. He you knows there's going to be a photo. <laughs> you just can't publish it online. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. So, yeah, the family jammies. <sighs> I did it. I crossed <laughs> I crossed into the family jammy territory. Okay, so my, my um, fail for this week is not going to be my fail. This is going to be a Quad Cities fail. Tell me if you've experienced this. I'm big into strollers. I like a stroller. I have many of them. I have different configurations for strollers. I love a stroller. Small Business Saturday, I took Everett out, um, just one kid out in the stroller, and I took him to as many little small businesses as I could, and they are not stroller-friendly places. No, no. It's really hard. I mean, so first of all, there's a lot of places that have maybe the one or two steps going in. Then when you get into the stores, they're just not aisle-friendly no, at they're all. They're usually jam-packed with yes. every corner has stuff. Yeah, that's hard because small businesses generally are going to be like in a downtown area, mm-hmm. old buildings that are not conducive to strollers. Exactly. And, you know, you want to get your kids out there and experience stuff, but 
you don't want to be holding them on your hip the whole time either. No, so it's hard. No, yeah. So I think we need to do more to make the Quad Cities a stroller friendly place because I think you're more likely to go to someplace mm -hmm. when you know. I mean, I know you've probably been in that situation where you're like, is this going to be kid friendly? Mm -hmm. Is this going to work? How hard is this going to be for me? And you've, I've deliberately not done something because I know it will not work for me and my kids. Yes. yes. And not just like a five-star steakhouse, but legitimately <laughs> where you're like, I don't see how I'm going to be able to, to finagle Somebody's this. not going to be happy. And no. Everyone will no. be looking at me. <laughs> so yeah, a stroller friendly quad cities. That is my goal for 2020. Can we do it? Sure. I mean, you can do anything, right? <laughs> All right. Did um, did you crush something this week the opposite way? Um, I, I did. Uh, so last week was Thanksgiving. And I, so obviously it was on Thursday. On Tuesday, I started not feeling well. My husband was working crazy hours. And our families live in opposite directions about an hour and a half to two hours different ways. And so I had plans to take the kids up to his parents, you know, do the whole Thanksgiving mm -hmm. thing. I woke up Thursday and I was like, this isn't happening. I cannot get in the car for two hours. I feel horrible. I have three kids. Timing. And, oh my oh, gosh. Timing. Timing was awful. I called my husband at work and I said, I don't know what to do. I feel incredibly guilty. I have not said anything to the kids yet. He's like, Allie, just do whatever. I mean, if you don't feel good, don't go. My parents won't care. So I decided not to go. I walked out to the living room and told the kids, immediate tears. Oh. Why can't we go? There'll be bathrooms on the road, Mom. If oh. you need to. Like, and I just <laughs> felt horrible. I felt so guilty. I, had, I hadn't planned to have a Thanksgiving at home, so I didn't no. have any, like, turkey, mashed potatoes. We had spaghetti for dinner that night. Oh. <laughs> I felt bad. And my, my middle child, who's eight, she's like, Mom, we don't need a feast. We just need each other. And I was like... Well, you can figure this out, but I can't, you know, <laughs> right. like if you are okay with it, then I should probably be okay with it. So our, our Thanksgiving was very unconventional yeah. this year and it was just not what we wanted. So that was kind of my fail. I mean, it wasn't really my fault, but I felt like yeah. a failure. But, so. and yeah, it's like you knew what you could and could not handle in that moment. Correct. Yes. So other than the spaghetti, did something happen that day um, or in that Thanksgiving celebration that will really make it memorable, <laughs> like the, the spaghetti year, you know? <laughs> yeah. What you guys have? Spaghetti. Mom made spaghetti. Oh, and garlic <laughs> bread. That's what made it fancy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, you did what you could do. That's right. Um, so... Speaking of Thanksgiving events, we're going to get to our Moms in the Headlines story. And I found this one interesting because I think maybe a lot of people can relate to this. Okay. It takes less than four hours before Americans need a break from their extended family during the holidays. That's your maximum time limit. Three hours and 54 minutes before people need a moment to themselves to go and scream. <laughs> Four hours seems like a nice, generous time. You know, you have maybe a dinner at five, and then by nine, everybody's ready to roll. That yeah. sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, um, you know, there's two sides on this. Like I just talked previously, mm -hmm. our relatives are away. We don't have right. anybody in town, so we have to drive there regardless. So in my head, I was like, well, I'm going to spend the day with them. I never get to see them, even if they're driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to create a fuss. I'm going to stay. But then I think at the same time, like... If you have people over to your house and you're all sitting in the same room for four hours, mm -hmm. by the time four hours is up, whether they're annoying you or not, you kind of move on to something else. Exactly. You know? So it's like somebody goes out, makes a phone call. Somebody runs to the convenience store. 
So I don't think it's all that weird. Yeah. Like, you know, after four hours, pretty much everything has happened. Right. And then you kind of go to the next thing. And typically, would you have stayed out there or would you have driven home that night? I probably, it, it depends. I, I probably would have stayed. Sometimes we come home, you know, it's so dang dark so I early know. that it's like, oh, you know, I want to get on the road early. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. That four hour thing kind of seems legit. Yeah. In a way. yeah. Um, some other stats from this article made me laugh. One in four of those surveyed have hidden in a relative's house to take a moment alone, while 37% have gone so far as to make an excuse to leave the house altogether. I've never done that. Uh, I never have, but I I had I have a relative that's done that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, "Peace out. Yeah. See you in an hour. <laughs> we all know we just need space." <laughs> uh, overall, yeah, I would say it was a pretty drama-free Thanksgiving for us this year. We were out in Muscatine, where my husband's extended family is, and the thing that stood out to me, which was cute, because first of all, there are. I think they added up 15 kids now in the family. So there's, you know, three, two, two, two. Anyway, so big group, 15 kids. And a lot of them are just in that age range where we had uh, one lost tooth. So that was good. (laughs) That always happened to me when I was a kid. Whenever we were at my grandma's house is when I would lose the tooth. Yes. Always. I have a five-year-old who has her first loose one right now. And she was like, Mom, I'm going to have a nurse at school pull it. And I was like... (laughs) Fine with me. I mean, this is my third child, so we've lost a lot of teeth. Lots of teeth. It's not as big a deal anymore, but I'm like, it should be because she's my last one. But yeah, stuff like that always happens at Thanksgiving. The little guy who lost the tooth was so cute because apparently it had been bothering him for weeks. And so, you know, at some point, like a cousin must have, you know, got him in the face a little bit and reignited the loose tooth conversation. And so it took him a while before he allowed Uncle Brian to pull it. And so while he was debating whether he would let Uncle Brian pull it, he, you know, was messing with it with a napkin and he's screaming, it's so bloody, even though there's just like a tiny bit of blood and his mom's just rolling her eyes like, oh my God, pull that stupid tooth. So I hope the tooth fairy was good to him on Thanksgiving night. Um, Allie, let let us get into your blog. So your food blog is called Allie's Sweet and Savory Eats. Yes. How long have you been doing the blog? Um, Actually, it's 10 years this week. 10 years? I know. I feel so old. (laughs) Like, I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's amazing. It's it's crazy. How did you get started into it first off? Um, my Our first child is also 10 years old. And when he was about two or three months old, I was staying home at the time. Um, and I just kind of was like, I need something. I need something, you yeah. know. And I had read in a magazine about this girl who started a blog. And I was like, what? what's a blog? You know, this yeah. was way back. And I was like, I could do that. Like, I literally read the article on a Saturday and, like, Sunday started it. I'm very, like, impromptu. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Go. And, you know, it was very mediocre and ugly <laughs> back in the day. Um, you know, and it was just friends and family reading. And now it's just kind of grown into this small business. So where was blogging 10 years ago? It was, you know, it was so simple. And there were, you know, a quarter of the people doing it than what are doing it now. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't about traffic and it wasn't about algorithms and it wasn't about social media at all. We didn't, I mean, we had Facebook a little bit, but I mean, there, there wasn't any of that. Yeah. So there wasn't this competition. Now I feel like there's kind of a competition between bloggers, like 
who can get the viral article to oh, go gosh, and absolutely. all of that. So it was completely different than it is now. So why food? It, did it originally start as food? Yeah, it's always okay. been food. Um, it hasn't been anything else. You know, um, I grew up, uh, my mom is a great cook and a great baker. She would never admit it, uh, but she was just one of those. Um, I just always liked to cook and mm-hmm. to bake. And once I got into college and was kind of on my own, I was like, well, I got to eat. You know, I don't have anybody here feeding me anymore. So I kind of dabbled a little bit in it. And then once um, I got married, obviously cooking for my husband. Um, And then once I had kids and stayed home, I had more time um, to kind of be creative in the kitchen. And I just really liked it. It's kind of like a de-stressor for me. Okay. Um, You know, as long as the kids aren't circling around my legs, it's, I really enjoy it. So, you know, they say if you want to have a blog, you only write about what you love doing. So there you go. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so how often are you making your own recipes or are you um, experimenting with ones that you've found? What's your usual MO? Um, I, lately now, I'll do like one new recipe a week. Back when I first started, I was posting every single day. Every day? Every day something. I don't. I still think about that. And I was like, God, oh, girl, you are crazy, you know. Uh, but I had more time back then, too. Um, and it was just different. But now it's usually like one new recipe a week that I'll okay. focus on. And then throughout the week, I'm sharing old recipes or I'm, you know, sharing fun articles I find on the Internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot different than it used to be. Yeah. So... I guess let's start with, what's one of your favorite things to cook? Actually, I would say probably to bake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Because those are two very different disciplines, according to the people on Top Chef. Yes, they are. (laughs) Baking is a science. I mean, you can't just throw this and that in or it will not turn Mm -hmm. out. Um, I just, maybe because I'm a sweets person, you know. If I didn't like sweets, I probably wouldn't like to do it. But I like to bake, and I like to give those baked items to people. Like You I, have to give it away. Oh, you can't have it gosh, in the house. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I can freeze some of it, but you still know it's in there. Mm-hmm. You know? You're well aware. Yeah. So um, I give a lot of it away. Um, but then as far as cooking, you know, I kind of, I'm like a family meal mm-hmm. girl. So I am. you're never going to find a recipe on my blog that's complicated or that you have to go to a specialty store to find this rare ingredient because I don't have time for that. And I know most people don't have time for that. No. And it's just not fun to me. So my meals are going to be, you know, 30 minutes, less than an hour, easy to put together. You can prep ahead, kind of a general, most everyone would like them type of thing if you have kids. Um, and I just try to focus on easy. Well, I met you a long time ago when you were... Um, uh, we were doing a TV segment. I believe it was on fajita bowls. We yes. were trying to do a copy oh, of like a Chipotle little burrito fajita yes. bowl. Yes. And there is a recipe, uh, and this is the smallest part, and I know you're going to think this is ridiculous, but I still make that cilantro lime rice. You do? The way that you taught me to make it. <laughs> it's the best rice because it's like the rice you find at Chipotle it's or exactly Panchero's like or something. It's exactly like that rice. Yeah. It's the simplest thing. I just remember you said to not be shy about the butter. You said be Did indulgent. I say that? You said be indulgent with the butter, put the butter in the rice, 
add the lime, add the cilantro, yeah. and a little salt, and that was it. Yeah. And I still make it that way. It doesn't take much. Oh, that's <laughs> funny that I said that about butter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what is wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with butter. There we the go. The real thing, not the fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still make that recipe, and I love it. So the other thing that I think is cool, because you're right, your recipes are very easy, but your blog is relatable because you've even posted like full week-long or two-week-long meal plans, which that's phenomenal. Yes, I have done that. And that has been, uh, some of those have been some of my most popular posts. Yeah. Uh, I think people, they're not going to go and read it right now, but they'll go and print it off. And when they have a few minutes on the weekends, they'll take a look at it and say, oh, I like that one or I like that Mm -hmm. one. And they'll plug out the ones I want to make for the week. And it just kind of makes them feel a little bit more organized. So those have been popular. What was the point for you that it went from a hobby to a small business? How did that evolve? Um, You know, the first couple of years were just hobby you know, just for fun. And then blogging kind of grew. Brands and companies took notice of bloggers. I think in the beginning, they didn't take them seriously. Um, But then they realized how they were influencers, Mm -hmm. and they had a great audience, and they were the exact people that they were trying to cater to. And so, you know, in the beginning, I had a few brands reach out to me, and I did some things here and there. And then I joined some groups where brands were uh, kind of searching for people. I see. Um, and then once your stuff gets out there, you know, now every company has a social media person. Mm-hmm. And so they are looking for us. They want us to create something with their product. They want us to send, they want to send us samples. They mm-hmm. want to, you know, put us on a paid campaign to do three recipes in six months for them. They, they want that and they need that because they really don't have people dedicated to do that within their company. Like, yeah. You don't, I mean, unless you're Pillsbury or something huge, you're not going to have like a recipe developer on staff. So you look for other people to do that for you. Which is actually kind of genius. Yeah. And they can pay them on a contract basis and, you know, they don't have to be an official employee. And so it's worked out. I mean, now I would say I'm getting close to like a full, I I feel like hour wise, I'm a full time job, you know, um, and it's hard because people don't get this job. They don't, you know, I, I still struggle with it. People say, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, why did I say that? Yeah, you why know? do you say I that? I don't know, because, because if I say food blogger, half of them don't know what it is. Or if I say, you know, media influencer, well, then that really confuses them. And right. so it just makes for a really awkward conversation. So I just like skip Just it call all. it good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I shouldn't because I'm proud of what I do. Yes. But I just need to find a better way to explain it to mm-hmm. people. But, you know, I'm working on that. <laughs> well, most people still don't know what a podcast is, okay, even good. though everyone has a podcast. I yes. feel like if you're on the planet, you have your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, they always talk to me about my blog. They say, like, how's your blog going? Like, <laughs> and I usually don't correct them. I'm like, it's great. Thank That's you for great. asking. I love it. I love to blog. <laughs> I, I do not blog. have a blog, yeah. to be clear. Um, so... Do you remember what that very first brand was that reached out to you? Oh, golly. Um, I want to say it was like, it was like a can, like Del Monte or, you know, one of those like canned supermarket general things. Um, And, you know, now I get really picky about who I work with. Yeah. Because I can afford to be picky about it. You know, I'll have, it's crazy. I'll have people reach out to me and they'll be like, try our new vegan cheese. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) You clearly haven't looked at my blog. I'm not a vegan. I love full fat dairy cheese. 
you know, so you get a lot of kind of scammers out there and uh, people who want you to work for free. And I'm beyond that point, well beyond that point. Yeah. I will not do that. My time is valuable. Um, and so now I'm working with a lot more companies that I actually enjoy. You know, sure. I'm not going to choose a product that I'm not going to serve to my own family. So I really have gotten kind of picky about it. Yeah. But yet, I mean, I'm still flexible. But yeah. I, but you do have to have to stay on brand, as yes. they say. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would think that the hardest part about being a food blogger is making attractive photos of the food. Oh, you know what? My least favorite part of blogging is photography. Yeah. Um, mainly because it's just not my thing. Like, never really been into photography, never really cared about photos. Some food bloggers, that is their thing. Mm -hmm. They love it. And so I have to fight my way through that. Like, I'm happy creating it. Um, I love writing the post. And, like, when it's photo shoot time, I'm like, oh, just get me through this next half an hour, you know? How have you, like, what techniques do you use to take a good photo? Um, just recently, I switched over to my iPhone 11, and I hardly ever use my digital anymore. Okay. Just for convenience, and the camera's so good, and you can edit it. I can download the photos and edit them online if I need to brighten them up or whatever. Yeah. And so just the past few months, I've been doing that. Up until then, I would use a regular you know, point-and-shoot camera, but you know, it's one of the areas that I don't find fun, but it's the most important important area yes. because you are not going to make a recipe if there's an ugly photo. You just won't. No, you won't. You won't. You absolutely won't. A good photo makes all the difference. And that's why one of my biggest pet peeves is when people post pictures of their disgusting food on Facebook. <laughs> there are so many people who won't stop posting the pictures of the food. Mm -hmm. Your weird chicken and noodles does not look good on that plate. No. I'm glad you're proud of it. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Mm -hmm. However, it looks disgusting on Facebook. I hate it. No. I can't stand it. That I... and people, uh, people and their foot injuries. That bothers me. Any They're like, injury. look, my toe is broken. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I know. Photography is hard. I mean, it's it like, is hard. you know, and there are a lot of bloggers who hire it out. If they've gotten to the point where oh, they okay. can afford that, uh, they'll schedule a whole photo shoot day where they'll do like 10 recipes in a day, which sounds exhausting to me. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they can afford it and they have a photographer who really knows what they're doing and they just freelance it out. And I don't know if they'll ever get to that point. It would be awesome because I, I would gladly hand it off to mm -hmm. someone, but um, not yet. Well, I've gotten real big into watching Top Chef these past couple yeah. of days. You know, over the holidays, you got to find something to binge. So I've been watching some Top Chef. And, um, you know, the one thing that they do really cool is like the, like the plating techniques. Mm -hmm. You know, have you gotten, gotten into some of those with like the smearing of the mojo um. sauce? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit, again, for photography. You yeah. have to make it look pretty. I mean, some foods are really hard. Like, you can't ever make meatloaf look no. great. Mm -mm. You know, you can't. Even like enchiladas, they kind of look like slop on a plate, even though they taste amazing. Yeah. So you have to get fancy with like your drizzles and your sauces and your garnishes of herbs to jazz it up. You know, I usually try to have like a uh, light colored base, like a white plate. Right. So the colors will pop off from the food. Um, you know, kitchen towels underneath, spatulas around. You know, you have to really like... Set it up like a commercial, basically. So how often are you 
taking photos of the food while your children are at the kitchen table screaming, just serve us the meal, please. Or, or is your cooking completely separate from the feeding of your family? No, if I'm making something, they're eating it. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> not going to make two meals and I don't right. want to waste it. Yeah. So, um, I've gotten to the point now, now that they're in school full time, I do it while they're gone and it saves me the major headache. Because that stresses me out when they're underfoot. Mm -hmm. But over the years, of course, I've done things while they're, you know, like hovering over me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dropping things. Yes. It's been a real disaster sometimes. And that's just stressful for me. So I really try to time it where they're outside or they're at school or dad has them busy somewhere else or they're at sports practice or something because it just, sorry, no, it, it doesn't bode well for mom <laughs> because, you know, I'm going to get cranky. Are there things that a food blogger's children will not eat? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I have one daughter who hates broccoli. She, you know. No kidding. She just won't do that. Um, my son's not a big fan of tomatoes, and I okay. love tomatoes. You know, my five-year-old's still picky. She's a kindergartner. But we make them eat it. Yeah. You know, we're kind of mean. <laughs> you know? I love it. They just have to because I'm not in the motion of making two meals mm -hmm. I just I don't have time and you know I mean I certainly will cater to them you know on nights when their dad yeah. is working I'll be like ah oh, chicken nuggets you know chicken nuggets for everybody <laughs> <laughs> and you know it is what it is yeah but I they generally have to eat mm -hmm. or I'm always like if you don't finish your food later in the night you can have a piece of fruit that's kind of my rule yeah. if you're still hungry go grab an orange go grab an apple go grab a banana they don't really like that rule, but that's what I tell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I try to be somewhat strict about food and about sleep. Sleep yes. I don't play around with. No, I don't food, either. Food, I have a few more little leniencies because I remember being a very picky eater as a oh. kid. A very picky eater, and I remember how stressful that was for me, mm -hmm. you know? Well, so. and lots of times, if you were a picky eater, sometimes that will go on to your kids. Like, I if see. you don't like certain foods, then you don't cook it yourself because you're not going to eat it. Mm -hmm. So then they never experience it. Yeah. So that's something I have to get around, too. Because there's a... I'm generally will eat most things, but there's a few things that I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. So we never have it. Like, cauliflower was one. And I remember... Okay. Like, I mean, I'll eat it, but it's not something that I'm like... Oh, give me cauliflower, you know? And I remember being at the grocery store with my middle daughter when she was like six. And she was like, what is that? And I was like, clearly I am not doing a good job. <laughs> I'm a food blogger and my daughter doesn't know what cauliflower yeah. is, you know? So I think that's just natural. If yeah. you don't like something, then you don't cook it. Yeah. So do you, do you, how do you feel about taking your kids to the grocery store? So many people do the Heidi aisles online now and, and the grocery delivery. How do you feel about that? Um, uh, now that they're gone, I get to go by myself, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, when they were little, I tried to time it where I would only have to take one. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know if I ever took all three. Really? I always made a point to try to work it out where dad would be home and he could mm -hmm. keep two or, you know, something like that. Um, now with the, in back then there was an online ordering, yeah. which is amazing. And I still use that now, even when I don't have kids, I'm like, well, <laughs> just bring it to me. You know, <laughs> I'm just a weirdo. I love taking my kids to the grocery you store. Do? I love it. Are they I good? I love it. Yes. Abram is very good. 
Um, Do you and keep him controlled in the cart still? Yes, okay. 100%. Okay, yeah, well, I don't want him to wait learn. Wait till he doesn't fit. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and already we have a complicated situation because Everett is much easier to stay in the carrier, mm -hmm. you know? And so between Abram in the, the front seat with the, with the feet and Everett in the carrier... There's no room. There's no room for any of my stuff. <laughs> so it's kind of problematic. But I'm weird because for some reason I feel like... I feel like a good mom at the grocery store. Oh, do you? You know, like I feel like I'm teaching them something. I feel like we're, we're having conversations. I'm sure. not on my phone. Sure. For some reason, I feel particularly like on top of myself. Even if you're not. At the store. Even if you're not. Yeah. You know? I get that. I get that because they have moms undivided, well, kind of, divided yeah. attention. Um, and you're showing them things and they're seeing things that yeah. they don't, that even if you don't buy it, they're still seeing things that they've never seen before. Right. Um, I don't know. I just feel weird. To you. I feel weird about that, but yeah. I really, really love it. I really love it. Um, so are there, do you watch like um, cooking reality shows in your quote unquote free time? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my uh, eight year old daughter really loves that. Uh, those baking championships on yes. the Food Network or she watches them on Netflix, but whatever those competitions are, we watch a lot of those. Um, what was that one where Gordon Ramsay was really mean? Do you was remember? it the like the Hell's Kitchen? Yes. Okay. I feel like I watched that one, um, and then more just like shows on Food Network. Mm -hmm. You know, not so much the competitions, but gotcha. You know, just regular cooking shows. Yeah. If I have time. Yeah. Well, I've been watching Top Chef, and for some reason, these people keep making lamb. I don't know whenever I've had the occasion to eat lamb or purchase it at the store for eating. It's a fancy food, <laughs> most definitely. I don't think you're like ab no. you're abnormal about okay. that. It, it's normal. All I right. would be like, eh, pass. <laughs> All right. I don't need to learn how to make a shank no. anytime soon. No. Okay, excellent. How do you feel about the influx of the HelloFreshes and the... What are some of those other ones? You know, the, uh -huh. the boxed meal sort of situation. The meal mm -hmm. I have never tried them. I haven't either. Um, I have had people reach out to me like, oh, are you going to promote? You know, you should yeah. hook up with one of these companies. And so we can get a discount. And I've never even approached any of them. Um, just because I like to get my groceries. I like to create my mm -hmm. own. And I'm like, eh, is it worth the money? I don't know. And I'm home. And so maybe it'd be different if I was working full time out of the house and I was yeah. really, really stuck on time. Um, or if I was just like married and no kids, because a lot of those meals I feel like cater to adults and they're yeah, not definitely. as kid friendly. Well, and they always say serves for, and it's usually like serves for, how, serves for who? Yeah. Who now? <laughs> Little tiny people. <laughs> no. Yeah. We have five in our family and that would never work. And, you know, our kids eat a ton. So. No, I haven't done it. You haven't either? No, no, I've never done it. I just, I could never justify the expense. No. And also I'd be afraid that the box would come when <laughs> I wasn't home. home. And then my husband would be like, what are we doing? You know, because if I would, if the only way I would do it is if I was going to like pull a major fast one and a major fraud situation mm -hmm. and just be making weird lamb souffle that yeah. came in my HelloFresh box. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> with you. I haven't done it. A lot of people like it. Yeah. For the convenience, but I'm just, eh. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So do any of your kids seem to have an interest in cooking right now? Um, my daughter, who's eight, 
the one who watches all the competitions, uh-huh. she's like, she always wants to help me, but she's also a klutz. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, she spills. There's been many a broken oh, egg. Oh, yeah. She spills everything. And I'm like, I try to do so good to be patient and be like, yeah, come help. You know, I'm not always the greatest, but she's probably the one that's the most interested. My oldest, who's 10, who's a boy, he's kind of like, eh, I'd rather go play baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't care as long as there's food on the table. And then my kindergartner is just like, just give me a chicken nugget, mom. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. so what are you making for dinner tonight? Um, oh. Did I totally just put you on the spot? No, you Is didn't. it a chicken nugget for everyone night? Well, it's going to be simple. <laughs> I think actually I was thinking homemade pizza. Okay. Um, my husband's working like a crazy 16 hour day. And so he's not going to be around. And so I was like, well, pizza it mm-hmm. is. But I love to do homemade dough and let it like... You do the homemade dough and everything? Cool. Yeah, so just let it rise on the counter all day. And then, you know, whatever I have, I'll just throw the toppings on. Kids love it. Yeah, no, that's an excellent idea. Homemade pizza is a lot easier than people think. Yeah. Like you just said, homemade dough, like it was really complicated. Right. And it's not. It's not. Do you have, um, like, is there a certain mix that you buy or do you like just make... No, so I have a couple recipes. Um, You know, all it is is flour, yeast, water, and salt. That's it. Okay. See, that's (laughs) you have all that. Wait, you might not have yeast. No, I do not have yeast. But I mean, it's super simple. And then I also have a recipe that's really good. That is just plain Greek yogurt and flour mixed together. It's really two ingredient dough. Interesting. Yeah, it's really good. And so if you ever have Greek yogurt on hand, then okay. you might have flour. You could do it. <laughs> I just imagine this paste all no. over my countertops. Like, no, it doesn't. Oh, honey. No, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Your kids would love it. You can make little individual ones. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love like a like an English muffin pizza. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm, I mean? I feel like those are a real classic. Yeah, I'm not above those. <laughs> I will still do those. So let's get back to the blog and tell me... Um, Tell me how blogging is different now after 10 years. I mean, you, you alluded to it before just about the competitive nature. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest change for you? Um, you know, there's so much more that goes behind it than people think. They see the recipe. They see the cute paragraphs that go with it, and they're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a tech person. Like beyond, You have to know how to build a website. You have to have good photography skills. You have to know HTML and coding. And it's just, you know, there's a lot. Uh, You know, I tell you, people have asked me before, how long does it take you before we see it online? And I'm thinking, okay, a half an hour of thinking about it, an hour of making it, another hour of shooting it, another hour of writing it. I'm like, it could be about five hours of work, you know. And then that's assuming everything goes as planned. You know, there's been many times where things are a flop and mm-hmm. I have to start over or something goes down on the site and I have to fix it or I have to, I do uh, hire out a designer who helps me in a back end person because they know it and, sure. you know, I'm not going to try to struggle through that stuff. So, you know, it's just a lot more work than people think. Can you tell me about one of your recipe flops? Do you have um, any memorable ones? <laughs> yeah. Um, I made a, you know, like the, where you can build like a French toast, like an overnight French toast oh, bake, yeah. you know, uh-huh. where you get it all mixed up and then you keep it in the fridge overnight and bake it off. And I did one of those and I was like, gosh, this, you know, you have that thought like this kind of smells different as it's baking. Okay. And we took our first bite and I was like, something is wrong. I had mixed up the cumin and the cinnamon. <gasps> so it was like a Mexican French toast. <laughs> it was 
and cumin, that's strong It stuff. is strong, and I used a lot of it because usually you can put a lot of cinnamon. And I was like, oh, God, I really need to label these different. I mean, it was a total waste. Did you eat it? No, one bite. Like, did you try it just for fun? I did. I knew something was wrong because yeah. something smelled off. And you knew right then it was As soon cumin. as I tasted it, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was awful. Oh, my God. That's really actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, it was awful. <laughs> you also talked a little bit about um, just the complication of beating the algorithm. Because yes. I have that trouble with not just with my podcast, but with just my news page mm-hmm. is Facebook is changing it constantly and I cannot keep up. No, and no one will ever be able Mm-mm. to keep up unless they stop doing what they're doing and they're not going to. I mean, you know, you can have 10,000 followers on Facebook and in general, only maybe a thousand are seeing your mm-hmm. stuff, which really just is so irritating, you know. Um, and there's so many conferences and places, you know, seminars you can go to try to learn the back end stuff. And Facebook will even put on some of those things. I went to one. Yes. Um, and it's like, okay, I'll try to do their little mm-hmm. tips, but is it really help? I don't know. I mean, unless you have a huge following, huge, like in the hundreds of thousands. Right. It's not, it's not really a problem for them. For us little guys, it's mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. It's, it's just hard. Same with Instagram. That's hard. Um, and then also, the, another thing that's been happening in the food blog world is people get really irritated if they have to read a lot before they get to the recipe. That's like become a meme now. It has. <laughs> um, <laughs> the problem is, is Google won't share our stuff in feeds if we don't have a certain word count. No kidding. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, do we give the readers what they want or do we see if people will even see it? So I've never changed my ways. I like to yeah. write. And so I will write. Yeah. Five, six paragraphs within a post, you know, to yeah. have maybe 500 plus words. And the recipe is always at the bottom. I'm like, things have never changed, people. If you don't want to read it, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Just scroll down. Sure. But that has become like a hot topic lately. It has. Yeah. I mean, there's always the meme that's like, you know, it was a crisp night when I took an <laughs> yes. apple out of the fridge. And it's like, no, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about your apple. <laughs> yeah. I know. People get, I mean, the things I have heard, the comments that people have left, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you got to laugh them off. Yeah. You know, it's not even worth responding half the time unless they're directly needing an answer to a question. But some people, I tell you. Did it hurt your feelings at the beginning when you were first growing? I've had a few that have hurt my feelings, Mm -hmm. you know. In my way, if I saw something online and I just, I didn't like it, I would just scroll on by and move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But some people, you know, they want to mm-hmm. talk. And so, you know how it <laughs> yes. is. Oh, my gosh. You're I know in the business, it. you yes. know. Um, and it's like, okay, that's yeah. your opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you didn't like it. Yeah. Or the other thing I get with uh, recipes is they'll say, well, it didn't turn out. And I'll be like, okay, what happened? And then they'll say, well, I switched this for this. Mm-hmm. And then I swapped that for that. And I didn't have this, so I d- and I'm like, well, there's your answer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you can't expect it to turn out if you're changing everything up. Whenever you can have I'm a little on, bit of yeah. leeway, but yeah. Whenever I'm on all recipes and you try to read the reviews, and it's like, well, first I started with this and this, and it's like, wait, hold on, just tell me how the recipe was as listed, <laughs> yes. please. Yes, people are <laughs> another just major pet peeve for you. Yeah, it is, but you know, whatever. <laughs> if that's my biggest problem, then I'm winning. So. Where do you see the blog going? You know, um, I just love to continue to do it. It's growing every year. Um, This year I have, uh, you know, 
forever, if you think of like my profits as like a, a pie chart, half of my revenue was ads and half of it was working with brands and companies. And I knew I needed to diversify that, you know, it's just like investing in anything. You don't want all your eggs in one basket. And so this year I dived into product. And so I wrote a meal planner. I developed a um, kind of heirloom kitchen towel and I've started selling those. And that's been a lot of fun and it's sparked more like just giving me a little oomph to keep going. Yeah. You know, you know, when you do something new, it like everything else starts to work out. And so that's been fun this year. Is there a something special that you always cook at Christmas time or is there something that's become part of a tradition for you? Um, you know, growing up, we kind of had ev everything of the game. We never had that one traditional meal. My mom would be like, what do you guys want? And we would tell her. Um, now that we have kids and we've started the tradition of, you know, Christmas morning being at home and not yeah. traveling. Um, have you ever had a ham ball? No. Oh, my gosh. A so what? We, so a ham ball. <laughs> it really needs a rebrand. I know. Um, they're really well known in Iowa. Okay. Um, it's kind of like um, a mixture of pork and beef, and it's okay. really sweet. So it's and like... it's sweet? Okay, just hear me out. <laughs> okay. So it's like you mix it together <laughs> okay. like you would meatloaf, like, but it okay. has like crushed graham crackers, tomato soup. I know, it just sounds so weird. And you form them into these big balls, and then you pour this sweet glaze over it. I'm sending you the recipe. Okay. Maybe your husband's heard of it. Okay, I'm going to ask him. Okay. They're called... But most people call them Iowa handballs. Like, they're really popular at Easter or Christmas holidays type of thing. So, they're meant to be, like, served like a... Like a sweet... Like a, like a huge meatball is basically but you bake them in a nine by 13 pan so they're all lined up yeah. and they have like this really sweet glaze on top they're so good so i think this that's is what the i'm making strangest thing i've ever heard i can't believe you the iowa it. ham ball yeah i know <laughs> it needs a new name it really does need a new name <laughs> so does it taste more sweet or? yeah it's more sweet and you know the only place like fairway you know fairway stores yeah. they have the mixture of meat already combined and made so that's the only place i'll buy it okay hyvee doesn't have it if you're listening hyvee you really need to get it because <laughs> i've asked wow yeah it's i fun. wish people could see my face right now oh it's um, it's ground ham and ground pork I ground just ham and ground pork yeah. not beef yeah, okay not beef. ground yeah because how would you get a ground ham You'd have to You'd do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'll send it wow. to you. Wow. Okay, but you have to go to Fairway and buy yeah. the mixture. I and mean, then you make the balls on the yes, mixture? Yes. Okay. Does it the ham and the pork come together? Yeah. Or? I mean, it's just going to look like ground okay. meat when you purchase it. So what do you, if you, if I walk up to the meat counter, what do I say? Well, it'll be right there. You'll see it by okay. the, by and the pork. Say, and you'll say, I need three pounds of handball mixture. And they'll say, okay. <laughs> Do they only have it certain times of year? No, all the time. Really? All the time. Yeah. Wow. I how know. weird. You learned something today. The Iowa handball. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say that. So um, what are you having? <laughs> <laughs> so I have been working on um, trying to perfect... My uh, Ukrainian grandmother, my baba, mm -hmm. she makes pierogies okay, called yum. pedohe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the kind of recipe that she doesn't have written down. And so I've done them with her and like furiously writing. Mm -hmm. And the key to them is the dough. Yes. Now, the problem is, is she doesn't have a dough recipe. It's just like 
flour and egg and until whenever it feels right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now she knows that feeling. I do not know that feeling. <laughs> yes. She even has this like pie shaped cutting board. It's like this big board that she uses to roll out all the dough and mm-hmm. then she has this perfect circle that stamps them out and then you stuff them and fold them and yep. I never I never get the dough right number 1 and then I never get the amount of mixture so that you can perfectly close it's not much you know yeah you don't want to overstuff them and she all she does is potato and she I don't even think it's cheese it's either cheese or it's sour cream you know there's no yeah. meat in there she just does it plain and then she does a caramelized onion on top you know when they're all done and so something about hers are like pillowy light the dough is perfectly soft and I just, I have not mastered that yet. I'm that's not a, there yet. That's a hard one to master. Yes. I'm not going to lie. So I've been I working would, on it. I would probably even have trouble <laughs> with that. But I do love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had them before. Oh, they're so good. And, and so, you can put anything in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She just has never, never has put anything in there. Yeah. I think it's sort of just like an old country, you know, yeah. slim picking sort of a, a recipe. <laughs> this is but, all we um, have. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so there's something just like very pure about that that I love and I don't want to touch it. But yeah, it's, it's, and you know, whenever I ask her about it, she's like, I've been making these for probably 80 years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And she's 86. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute since she's been making them. So I'm working on perfecting those. It's usually an all day scenario. It's, it takes <laughs> a lot. And then I feel like, I feel like my relatives appreciate when I show up with them, but you know, I know that they, they are aware that the consistency is not there. Yes. So I think that they're like, oh boy, how'd she do them with these this year? <laughs> Just you smile know? and eat them. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, These are funny. These are my families, okay? Yeah. <laughs> eat them. Yeah, so I'm going to do that this year. That's, um, that's, a, uh, that's a goal of mine. Who, um, who in your life has been most supportive of you and the blog? Oh, gosh. You know, this is going to sound kind of funny, but um, I'm not from the Quad Cities. I'm from a town probably two hours west and kind of in between Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. And it's a small town, Tama, Toledo. Probably no one's ever heard of it. Um, You know, like 5,000 people. And I'd have to say my community there has really been supportive. Like, you know, my dad was an administrator in the school system and my mom worked in the school system. So we were very much out in the community and known and at every event. And I still have, you know, old teachers commenting all the time, sharing my stuff. Classmates that I haven't seen for 20 years commenting, um, you know, old friends of my mom's who are like 85 now, you know, it's like, I'd really have to say them. And it's really weird. It's like um, our, uh, my old high school every day will feature like an alumni. Sure. And the other day I woke up and there I was. And I was like, what? Like, how did they even know I'm doing this? You know, it's just, they've been really supportive. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really very neat. Uh, Let me see what else I had for you. So we've talked a little bit about um, blogging, a little bit about kids. What's the last thing that you did for yourself that was truly only for you? Um, you know, uh, we ha- I have a group of girlfriends in town, and we try to get together the first Friday of every month, just like a girls' night. That is really cool. Yeah, it doesn't always happen because, you know, we're all busy. But, um, you know, and it's never anything crazy. It might be dinner. It might be drinks. It might be a movie. It mm-hmm. might be to a winery. It, it, I mean, we change it up. 
But I really enjoy that time because, you know, it gets me out of the house for three or four hours and I get to talk with other moms and these friends who I've, you know, gotten to know in the community we live in now. And I would say probably that. So does that mean you have one coming up? Well, we're supposed to have one this Friday Mm -hmm. and um, it uh, is getting postponed. (laughs) You know, our Christmas schedules are just crazy. We always try to get together around the holidays and it's, you know, I don't know when it'll happen, but it'll happen. <laughs> we just have too much stuff going on. The other thing um, that I really liked on your blog the other day, and um, I wanted to share it, is you talked about some great made in Iowa products that I had never heard of before. Yes, um, that I'm really a strong supporter of Iowa. I don't know. I just I've grown up here. I've been here. I love mm-hmm. the state. I always like to support small businesses because I'm a small business. And yeah. so I know what it's like. When I get the support and I know how good it feels when people support me. So I want to turn around and give that back to people. Um, This was a company who had approached me and said, you know what? We want to help get some word out about small businesses all across the state. I mean, like some are way out over by Omaha, everywhere. Um, Can you help us out? And I said, sure, of course. And when when they told me about them, I think three or four of them I had already been supporting. So I was like, well, this is a fit, you know? So... Um, but it's just a fun way because, you know, what the holidays, we all buy stuff at big box stores. You always will. You will never not get everything at a small business. I get that. But if you can try to make an effort to support just a couple things, mm-hmm. like it really makes a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. I have a segment um, that airs at 630 for the next couple of weeks called My Favorite Things. Yes, I've and seen it. And so we go, yeah, so we go to some of the different locally owned shops because I love that, you know, you can find that that rare unique thing and buy it locally and not on Amazon Mm -hmm. and you don't have to wait for shipping Mm -hmm. and you can just go and grab it. And so I've been so pleased because the shop owners will report back and say that people come in and they say, I want that thing that I saw at 630. So I think that's awesome. So make sure to check out those segments as well. Where can people find the blog? Uh, My website is sweetandsavoryfood.com. On all social media, I'm just kind of Sweet Savory Eats. Okay. Or you can look up Allie's Sweet and Savory Eats. You know, I made all those before they told you they were all supposed to be the same. It's all (laughs) changed. You know how it is. Um, But I'm really easy to find, and I'm often contributing on other sites, so you may even see some of my stuff, you know hanging around out yeah. there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing a little of your thank you. food knowledge. I so appreciate you. Um, subscribe to the podcast after you're done listening to it. Just hit the subscribe button, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out tremendously. The other thing you can do is to write a little review and leave a rating, five stars only, please. And um, please share with a friend. Let somebody know that we're out here. You're going to be taking holiday drives over the next couple of weeks, so you'll want to turn on something easy to listen to. So let a friend know that we're here. We are on a mother level. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.